Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. And I'm the co-host with the most and Kevin's best friend and first name on his trapper keeper, Rob Langevin. It's true. Uh, he's the co-hostest with the mostest. Co-hostest? Uh, <laughs> you, just you just completely gen gender wrapped me. No, right I there. said co-hostest with the mostest. Oh, oh, see, I missed this. Is that a silent T? <laughs> yeah, very common, the silent T. Yeah, and, uh, not to be confused with a sweet tea. In Brooklyn, everyone knows about the silent tea. Or iced tea, even. But I digress. And, gre <laughs> and, and greased tea. And greased tea. Go grease lightning. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're going to have a better intro than this sometime, but it's not right now. Uh, Fantasy Gaffer, a.k.a. John Wallen, will be joining us in a little bit to talk about all the Arsenal injuries and uh, our captains for this week. But we'll just start off with price changes this week. Uh, for me, uh, before he goes up anymore, I'm going to go with Alexander Kolarov. Uh, is at 5.7. He's second in chances created among defenders behind Alberto Moreno, which I was a little surprised to see. Now that we have Silva back and Aguero quote-unquote back, looks like he may be able to make it back this week, if not probably the following week. Um, I think that he has an excellent chance of, of still finishing top five among defenders, despite others like Otamendi and Van Dijk kind of quickly surging up the charts. Um, Clichy is back, which is the only real threat to him, but it looks like he'll only be in Champions League for now. It'll be interesting to see how they rotate over the winter period, but the winter period not nearly as disruptive as it usually is this year, as Boxing Day just happens to fall on a weekend. So there's there's one less uh, midweek match over this winter break than we usually have to deal with. So I'm pretty confident in Kolarov at 5-7. Now, you and I <laughs> need to have a come-to-Jesus moment. Right. about Ross Barkley because the goal was garbage again yeah I there's know. no way around that but neither of us are fans obviously but is it time to start looking his way especially with all these injuries which I mentioned we'll talk about later no but I refuse I know but I mean his stats the last two weeks were against bottom three defenses so he does have this potential I'm not sure he can keep it up I'll talk a little bit more about Everton's fixtures in a little bit, but Barkley at 7.2, if you have AU, maybe there's a logical move to make there, or are you just not buying in still? Um, you know, if, if you have a question mark for that that fourth midfielder, that if you're rostering three strikers and you have a question mark at that fourth midfielder and Barkley is, com is coming on to a good fixture this week, I, I, I can see making the change. Um, you know, guys in that guys in that group are like Jorginho, Wijnaldum. You know, I was gonna, I was gonna put Tadic in there, but Tadic has got he's got Aston Villa this week, so you can't trade him out. Uh, you know, but like you said, I, I'm still not on the Barkley bandwagon. I don't want him in my team. Let everybody else buy him, and I'll just have my four across who I have in the middle and roll the dice. I guess I I just I I just don't see I, I don't know maybe he everything he gets is just. It's hey, jammy. I, I just don't know. I no. am at a, I am at a quandary. I know because my eyes uh, argue with my heart, where I yeah. just don't think he's that great. And he's thirty three point eight percent owned, so I feel like you have to be a hundred percent sure you want him. Because yeah. if you get him in at that high percentage, he has to keep doing this. Uh, I'd I'd rather make up the difference with a player like Erickson, uh, yeah. obviously more expensive. But like I, as much as I loathe him. I still have Wijnaldum in my side and need uh, to get him out. And so, 
I'm kind of yeah. looking at, at Barkley as potentially one of the guys to replace him just because I don't know what the hell Coleman's doing with uh, Tadich and why he didn't start last week when they already didn't have Pella. Yeah, I very think, strange. I think he was trying to do a tactical defensive thing and it failed. And then, when, but, but you watch the second half when Tadich came on, the game completely changed. Oh, yeah. Immediately. And he, he and was he immediately the, the best player on the pitch. Yeah, he had that chipped shot where I would have much preferred he had just put his laces through it. But, yeah, absolutely. You know. I'm but, I'm not out there every day, so I don't have too much right yeah. to judge. But uh, yeah, and then he played midweek against Liverpool, and they just got thrashed. And they yeah. played a pretty strong side. Um, he'll obviously yeah. going to be back at the weekend, so it'll be interesting to see how they do all that. But Ross Barkley right now is basically a meh for me. We have to talk about him, and I guess yeah. somewhat apologize because we talked you out of a player that's had a really good few weeks. But I'm, oh, I'm still iffy totally, on him. Totally. But we should what we should do right now is we should totally endorse him. For everybody, tell everybody to buy him because the last two, two or three times that we've done this to a player that we've been adamant oh, about then they've against, been awful. They, they've gone off. Oh so, yeah, and so you know now what? we need to do it the other way. Yeah, everybody buy Ross Barkley. Everybody buy Burrow Sparkley. He's literally the best player to ever kick a football of all yeah. time, and he's phenomenally good looking, and he does charitable things for <laughs> women. Sure, his complexion is weird though. I don't really know what's going on. There's a little gray in there, but you yeah. know, that's a that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole different thing. Uh, I'm just saying, if he was in Skyrim, he'd be a dark elf. Whatever. I'm gonna move on. <laughs> so uh, another interesting one: Toby Alderweireld, five point five. He's the most expensive of Tottenham defenders, joint with Jan Vertonghen, which is surprising to me, as Kyle Walker and Danny Rose are the more attacking options, and Alderweireld the one that gets more headed goals. So I'm not really sure why Vertonghen's up that high, but uh, Walker and Vertonghen are both one game away from suspension, uh, mm-hmm. from yellow card accumulation. And so for me, I do think Alderweireld and Rose are the two most stable options, with Rose being the more attacking of him and Kyle Walker and Alderweireld always running towards the near post to head in all the balls. So 5-5, mm-hmm. uh, five, five, I don't know, maybe a little pricey considering Rose, I think it's still a 5-2 or 5-3. I'd probably lean that way, but I'd totally get it if you want it. I just tend to shy away from center backs in fantasy. I think it's why I'm more Joel Ward than Scott Dan. I, mm-hmm. I just I just like the chances created, which aren't tallied as a stat. I just like the percentage that those can be converted to assists and those extra points you can get on top of clean sheets. So I'm still a Danny Rose guy, but Alderweireld probably worth it at 5-5. Five, five. Well, I mean, look at him comparatively to somebody that we both have a loving interest for in Virgil van Dyke, and they're basically yeah. priced the same, exactly the same. Van Dyke's 5-6, five, Toby's 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. I mean, who would you rather own? Uh, well, right now it's Toby. If you look at the fixtures... Tottenham got through November fairly unscathed. Not many clean sheets, the one being against Chelsea. But the, the fixtures clear up really nicely where they don't face a top 10 attack. Well, they face three top 10 attacks before February. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a really good time to buy in on pretty much all Tottenham players. Actually, this isn't even on my list at all, but just a question. For those people that still have Butland and Myhill, who are you switching to? Because both of them do not have comfy fixtures coming up. Is it worth switching out somebody like Butlin for someone like Lloris or De Gea, who both have much more favorable uh, fixtures for the next month or so? Uh, you know, I was, I was actually going to see if I could, I was going to try to see if I could squeeze goalies in. We never really talked about keepers at all. Um, you know, the, the majority of the world has, you know, the top, the top four goalkeepers in Czech, Myhill, Butlin, and insert fourth guy, whoever you think he might be. <laughs> Yeah, um, but you know, I, the, the consistency for points is 
is awful this year for goalkeepers. It's absolutely awful. Yeah. Uh, some of the most reliable options that usually, you know, you basically set it and forget it. It's like the Von Popeil, you know, pasta maker at, <laughs> at keeper. Yeah. Uh, you know, I would tell everybody to just jump on the Peter Check bandwagon, but he's got three, one, and two points in his last three fixtures. And it, that's not something – that's basically what you're getting out of Bo, um, Boaz or, or – yeah. Butland. And not to turn this into the EPL roundtable, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that all of these, what used to be the bottom 10 teams, score goals now. Oh, absolutely. Everybody, everybody can score. That's, yeah. the, that's the thing. That's why I think you know, you're know you better off finding a goalie that you don't hate but aren't in love with Yeah. and just rolling with him. You know, you're going to have the ebbs and flows with, with My Hill. You're going to have the ebbs and flows with, with, with uh, Butland. And you're going to have the ebbs and flows with, with Czech. It's, it's going to go all about the same. And by the end of the year, they're all going to have right around 150 points. It's basically what's going to They're gonna, catchers in baseball. Yeah. Or the, or <laughs> they're all like, going to hit 240 to 280 and get 10 to 15 home runs and you know, get 60 RBI. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're better off saving your transfers. Unless the only way you transfer a goalie out is, is if there's a goalkeeper change, obviously, because you don't want somebody. You yeah, want, or injury. You need it, yeah, or an injury. Otherwise, so, otherwise, I would say st- stand firm at the back and just ride out the storm of getting between one and four points, basically, mm. from your goalkeepers on average. So, speaking of injured goalkeepers, a sneaky pickup option for me that I've been looking at uh, is Chelsea's defense has looked better. Ivanovic looks like an actual footballer. Mm-hmm. Um, Courtois, listed at 75% chance to play this weekend, if not probably the following, at just 5.2. Are you interested? Absolutely. Uh, I've been adoring Chelsea since 1996, so I'm going to say buy all Chelsea players from 1996 on. <laughs> uh, Interesting. But, Go back but, and buy Aryan Robin. Yeah, totally. But uh, but yeah, I've been preaching that it may be time to buy back into the Blues a little bit. Um, Courtois coming back, his value is down right now considering what he is. And what he could be in behind a, a defense that sh- could show what it actually is in the next coming weeks. Uh, would I buy him? Maybe. If you're having one of those question marks, like you said before, with a Butland or a Myhill, and you have a questionable backup where you were riding like the McCarthy bandwagon that everybody had because he was Ford Auto or you know Hennessy, and you want to change to you know get a top flight goalkeeper like Courtois in talent, not on a team yet. But w- with the upcoming Fisher list that Chelsea has, they have Bournemouth this week. Uh, he's not going to play this week, but they play at Leicester next week, home to Sunderland, home to Watford, then at United. That basically takes you to the new year. So it's not awful, and it's not fantastic, but there's probably two two out of four winning winnable Fisher's after this week for Chelsea. Mm. So at his value and his, his price point right now, He's not an awful. If you have a couple extra shekels in your in your in your purse, I mean, you could do you could do worse. I mean, there's definitely worse goalkeepers to, to speculate on than, than than grabbing Courtois. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I think he's a very sneaky pickup, and uh, I just missed him in our uh, experts league over at. Uh, we'll let John Mullen talk about it later. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but uh, I did. Have, I did manage to pick up. But I did. But I did manage to pick up uh, Ivanovic. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I do think that, that Chelsea both turning around and Courtois for some reason nobody is aware that he could be back as soon as this weekend. So yeah. just to to put your ear to that a little bit. 
uh, in terms of people that are decreasing in price. Nathan Redmond has fallen again to 5.2. Doesn't have a constant spot in the squad, which is baffling. How does that price strike you? Is, is 5.2 enough? To, is, cheap, is that cheap enough no. for him to be your fifth option as a high upside play? No, because you want... Because you never know when it's going to happen. Yeah, you never... You want... I've been saying and seeing this a lot, and I've answered a couple people on Twitter about this. You know, the Norwich duo that everybody was riding early because of their price point, the Houlihan and the Redmonds, that that time is gone, come and gone. If you want a, a, a rosterable guy from a Norwich midfield, his, his name's Robbie Brady. He's the same price, and he plays every game. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about he's going to play. Yeah, I think Housen is even a better option than Houlihan. Uh, I agree. The only thing is I don't think I don't think Housen gets involved enough in the offense. But yeah. that, it doesn't really matter because if you're rostering, you really only guarantee, you only want to have a guy that's going to get you the minutes played. He'll get, get you three the, points. Yeah. And, and every and, once in a while, he'll, he'll pop up with a goal. Yeah, a goal or an assist or whatever. But you're, I'm telling everybody who's listening to this, the Redmond and – Houlihan bandwagon is over. Invest in a cheaper midfield op or a similar price point mid- midfield option that actually plays every week. Mm. Please, for the love of God. Uh, you know, Manuel Lanzini, similar price point. Oh, Lanzini is just so good. Yeah, he, he's fine. He's, he's in the right system right now that he is basically going to – and I, who, I wonder who called that three. Oh, that was me three weeks ago. Was <laughs> you did, and that he'd take over the creative role from Pyatt, which I wasn't sure would happen because he's typically playing on the wing, but he's tucked in a little bit more recently yeah. and done very yeah. well. I knew so, it was going to happen. I knew yeah. it was going to happen because he's the only one that has that top, you know, you know, elite level playing experience there that, that mm. can actually fall into that role and do it. So yeah, he has that it, creativity. Yeah. So. so, so if you're looking for a, fi- a fifth midfielder that you want to save a couple bucks on. You should. Everybody should be getting either Lanzini or or Robbie Brady. That five dot four and below price point. Those are the best two buys right now for me. Yeah. All right. So yeah, backpats for Rob for calling that a few weeks ago, which he did do. Um, an interesting one for me is Nasser Chadley. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. He's all the way down to six six. Uh, Son hasn't done incredibly well in his absence. Chadley scored 10 goals last season in the Premier League. 6-6 just seems so affordable, but he's not back yet. So don't buy him this week. Keep an eye on him. Another one to start keeping an eye on, Juan Mata down to 8-7. Listen, United aren't going to continue to be this awful. It's not possible. I mean, it is possible, but it's unlikely. Let's put it that way. And as soon as they start to turn things around, I think Mata really benefits from that. So anyway, another one not buying in on yet, but kind of waiting to see when they start to kind of pick things back up. Depay isn't this bad. Martial isn't this bad. Rooney isn't this bad. Herrera's mm-hmm. going to be back soon. Not a huge fan of Carrick, but Schweinsteiger seems to finally be settling well. The defense has held up throughout all of their issues. De Gea is mm-hmm. a monster at the back. I think United are a team to really start looking at, not bringing in really any of them aside from Smalling yet. But keep an eye on them, because once it turns around, it'll probably do so quite quickly. Who do you have for your price changes? Uh... Well, you mentioned uh, Mata and Depay. I mean, there's a guy who likes to throw his penny, and we talked about Chelsea before Diego Costa went down. He's he's still not somebody you would want to invest in because he's not part of that elite six strike striker. Mm. And he doesn't have guaranteed playing time. Absolutely and he couldn't not. even hit Mourinho with his bib. Not anymore. He he couldn't hit water out of if he fell out of a boat right now. <laughs> I mean, he can get he can get it a yellow card and then an immediate red card, but he wouldn't be able to hit the water. He could uh, jump out of a plane and miss the ground. Yeah, completely. Uh Diego Costa is 
doing his best effort to find his way out of Chelsea. Yeah, that's uh, what it was kind of looking like. Is that you, what what you're seeing as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm he's. I don't think he's fitting in with, or he's not buying in, or he's in belief that maybe that this system is is not for him. Uh, Chelsea's gonna. Chelsea, I believe, is gonna have some massive changes in January, or as many many as they can do. Adebayor, do it. I, do hey, it. I'm all for it. With with Falcao injured, Remy can't stay on the pitch either. Costa at ten point eight. I mean. You really want to roster ten point eight on your team when you can have everybody in the on the planet having more points and <laughs> price less than him uh, from in the striker position. By the way, uh, why are people dropping Higalo? Um, you know why? I, I actually read an interesting article. I can't remember who put it out, and I apologize because I'm going to quote quote your article a little bit, and I'm not giving you proper dap for 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 it. Uh, they they were comparing this year to last year. And how Troy Deeney basically did the same exact thing through the first nine to ten games of the season. I know we're in week mm. week sixteen now, but or fifteen. But we were he was they were comparing last season to this season, and basically there was like an an economical fantasy change in relation to the championship to the premier. How Deeney and Igalu basically swapped roles from how Igalu was basically scoring all the goal, scoring goals now. So now it's changing into a Dini show because he's he's they the the defensive observation against Watford is going to Agalu's side, so it's leaving Dini more open. So he doesn't really have to be that facilitator anymore because he's got the opportunity to take on defenders by himself. I uh, mean, yeah, but the person that's assisting those opportunities uh, is oh, still Agalu. He still has uh, four assists in the last six. Oh, absolutely, and the, compar- comparably, their stats are awesome because if you look at Agalu, I think he's got. He's got three goal. He's got three goals and two assists in the last five, and Dini actually has four goals and one assist in the last five. Yeah. So, I mean, comparably, they're awesome players. I wish we could roster four strikers because I'm in love with Troy Dini. He could he could foster all my children if he wanted. Wait, was was Dini one of those guys that you were kind of plugging at the at the conference thing? No, no, no. I was all over Agalu. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, I was all over Agalu because I everybody was going. For the Wilson and Dini love love shit. Oh and yeah, because like, everybody was going Dini's Austin and Agala or and uh, uh, yeah, Callum Wilson was the new version of Ings. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, listen, everybody's going to go with the, the the first two options, and I I seen Agala play because I caught a couple championship games from the year previous, and I lo- I liked his style of play. I thought he was a, like a blossoming talent, and now he's showing what he was, and I've rostered him basically since week three. So, I mean, I've been reaping his benefits long before everybody else probably jumped on the, the wagon. But Watford is, is an exciting club. I like him. I like what I've seen from them. I, mean, I really hope they stay up. I, I, I don't see how they couldn't because, yeah. you know, that, that whole stuff. goals win games but defense wins championships. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to win a championship, but I think they're going to stay up. And I think they're going to do so comfortably. I oh, think yeah. that they will close finish closer to tenth than eighteenth. Oh, absolutely! They're like a they're like a, a thirteen to fifteen team. You know what's crazy is they play like how West Brom think they play, like setting yeah. up strong defensively but getting forward on the counter. And I don't yeah. know. I watching Watford is fun. I enjoy watching Watford play. I genuinely oh, do. I, I completely do as well. I mean, I like the I like the way that they play and I You know what they remind me of uh they remind me of Norwich 
before Norwich got relegated and then it came back up. Norwich like Oh the Chris Hutton Norwich side? Yeah, yeah, like four years ago. Three, <laughs> hey, remember ago. when Ricky Van Volfsinkel was meant to be good? Oh my god, R- <laughs> RVW. Come on. I used to have a passion with I used to have a a crocheted blanket that I made in uh, arts and crafts with his name on it. <laughs> what was that? Fear the Wolf when they yeah. signed him? Oh, yeah. that was one of the worst. Oh, yeah. that was awful. All right, uh, who else do you have in uh, price changes before we get a guest up in here? Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I'll say the guy who's gone down twice, but we're going to touch on him in a little bit. In a little bit with our when our boy comes on, John Whalen, uh, Alexis Sanchez down down two 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 ticks. So. But we're going to talk about that in a minute because we can't spec because we want to keep people around, Kev. We can't just get get rid of them real quick, give them all the goods, and then say, "All right, bye." <laughs> We've done that too many weeks already. Yeah. So. All right. Well, uh, should we add them now then? Uh, why not? Let's let's. All right. And we 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 don't have all those fancy cuts and edits that they have over there at the EPL roundtable. That's so fun. And this is going to be a live transition. Uh, so hopefully. It goes somewhat well. Oh, man. Hello, John. We are introducing you uh, live on here because uh, we don't have any fancy cuts and edits. We don't even have a producer over here. We're just. I'd say that stuff is overrated. (laughs) You you know what? You're right. Actually, this is an interesting point. When I was back in in college, there was a game where UC, which is where I went, University of Cincinnati, oh, UC, um, beat Pitt to make it to the Orange Bowl, which is a huge deal in American collegiate sports. And during that game, UC fans were chanting, chanting overrated at Pitt, which I've always felt d- like lessens your victory. If you're saying that the other team isn't that good, that beating them was expected, then it lessens your accomplishments. Am I wrong here? I, I think you're completely right. I mean, the reality is, I, I, I don't know. I, I prefer the mentality of, uh, of cheering goals that haven't gone in to, uh, to minimizing the victory. <laughs> yeah. You know right? what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather look stupid than foolish. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Sean. We are just about to grab our starts and sits for the week, which we did not prep you for because we thought we'd be further in than this now because tech issues continue to persist, but we are actually doing it now. So for me, for starts, my forward that I'm starting this week is Lukaku. And I realize this sounds (laughs) hypocritical because of how much I hate Ross Barkley, but... Uh, Lukaku is currently second in goals among all players. Among forwards, he's second in assists and seventh in chances created. And I was going to rant about him like I did with Barkley, about how he did it against three of the worst teams the last three or four weeks. But his next five are Palace, Norwich, Leicester, Newcastle, and Stoke. None of whom particularly scare me, because while Palace and Stoke do have somewhat decent defensive records, neither have a center back that you can just put on Lukaku and call it a day. Scott Dan doesn't have the pace to deal with Lukaku, and Philip Volscheid at Stoke doesn't have the size, really, to deal with him, as much as I do rate him as a real player. You see Barkley doing well, as much as I think that that's a little iffy, and Dilafeu, who's your boy, Rob, has been absolutely balling. Um, Defloofers, uh, I think is his rap name. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it's a forward. Hey, John, we're going to throw you in the hot seat right here. Uh, forward to start this weekend. Uh, I... I, I don't have a problem with Romelu Lukaku as your forward. I will just point out that Palace are better defensively on the road than they are at home. It's true. It seems like they're making a, a concerted effort to tighten up that defense when they travel. They've given up less than a goal a game on the road. Five goals in six away matches. They're 4-0-2 in those matches. So they're not, they're not as easy pickings as that uh, attacking cadre may 
may lend many people to believe. Um, for me, if I if I have to pick a forward to start, I'm gonna go uh, with Sir Harry of Kane uh, <laughs> traveling to go yes. play the Albion because I just don't see any way that he doesn't right the ship, get back on the trolley, uh, you know, put one in the old onion bag, as Tommy Smythe used to say. I'm just I'm looking at it, and I I, I like a lot of other players. Obviously, if there wasn't for the you know toys out of the pram bib off the back incident with Diego Costa. You'd love him at home against Bournemouth. Mm. Um, whoever starts up top for Liverpool, if you're playing in a game like, uh, like Taga where you can make roster changes up until five minutes before kickoff, whoever's leading the line for Liverpool at uh, St. James park is getting a start for me. But if I have to pick one name today, it's going to be Harry Kane. Yeah. I think that's an excellent call. As I've mentioned before on here, Everybody keeps thinking that West Brom are incredible defensively just because they're still up there in clean sheets and they have Tony Pulis as a manager. But thus far, every time they've conceded a goal, they've conceded at least two. Uh, So if somebody can get through there, and with LaMela returning, who's incredible and chances created, still top 10. Erickson's top 8. Youngman Sun's in there as well, who's been out a bit with injury, but always poses a threat with pace and direct uh, attack as well. Yeah, I think I think Tottenham are in for a pretty nice week as well, despite people being worried. And it segues greatly. Cause... Can I throw one more stat at you yeah. before you segue away from yeah. it? Right now, West Brom, obviously, you know, that Poolist magic, they have that reputation for being solid defensively, willing to grind out a, a 1-1 point or, you know, a nil-nil point. Seven away matches, they've only conceded five goals. Seven home matches, they've conceded 13. They have the worst home defensive record of any club in the Premier League this season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I just looked it up, and my stats crazy outdated because they only allowed one to Arsenal and West Ham consecutively. So, whatever. All right, (laughs) Rob, who are you starting up from? You know what? I'm going to go only only because I don't don't like John. I'm just going to go antithesis of everything you said. (laughs) Um, Hey, man, somebody's got to be wrong. It's cool. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) I, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go against the 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 Taga master and say that that, that Crystal Palace ships a goal and Graziano Pella is the guy to, to score it coming off the suspension. Um, I'm not a full believer in Crystal Palace's defense, whether it's home or on the road. I don't I don't see it. I don't see that there's much of a difference. I think the team is gonna gel better when everyone actually plays together. I think that is the key, not home in a way. But wait, but he's playing Everton this week. Who is Crystal Palace? Oh, what am I? What Southampton's am I the next week, bro. Oh, I'm on the wrong. I'm on the wrong day. I'm sorry. Whoa! <laughs> so just replace guy. your Pella stuff with Lukaku. He's gonna score, and Kevin's awesome. That's basically no, what I'm, you're saying. I right? want. I wanted Pella because he's playing Aston Villa. How's that? Oh, that, oh, that, yeah. that also, yeah, yeah, yeah. also yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's been rested. He's got Villa. Yeah. I'm sure there are other yeah. good reasons. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Tadic is good if they decide to play him. Mane, by the way, doesn't cross the ball anymore, but is getting chances created. I don't know why he's randomly a different player, but sure. Not for think, anything, but this is a Southampton team that scored eight goals in a match last season, and they just got embarrassed by Liverpool in the only match playing in England. Yeah. So like, I, they're going to destroy Villa this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be an all-out uh, goal. I fest. think Villa might be relegated to League One after this year. I think they might get league, <laughs> I think they're gonna relegated to MLS. Go straight. <laughs> you have to play in a different country now. You're not good enough. Um, oh, you're never going to be invited on soccer morning with banter like that. <laughs> okay, well, but to be MLS. fair... I'll talk about MLS all day. Aston Villa would walk <laughs> the MLS. Really soccer. <laughs> it wouldn't be close, man. You know what? You know what this is? Talking about premiership teams versus MLS teams is the same time when everybody talks 
about college teams versus NFL teams. Whenever there's a great college team, like the Alabama Lions year, when the Detroit Lions didn't win a game, and then Alabama went perfect, mm-hmm. and all, half their team got drafted. Whenever anybody has these debates, here's the deal. At best, MLS teams have maybe one or two players that could crack it in the Premier League. Maybe. Premier League teams have 11. Yeah. <laughs> in every yep. starting lineup. Um, 25 in their squad. So anyway. Yeah, nine, nine, nine at Sunderland. But I see your point. <laughs> Shots yeah. fired, but also yes. <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, MLS, but... The worst Premier League team, I, I do think, would walk the MLS. And I look forward to your angry emails. All right. <laughs> for midfield, for me, uh, I think uh, John led it excellently before I tried to segue, before he had to interrupt me with a great stat or whatever, um, <laughs> which is Christian Eriksen, who I think is in for a, a big week and a big few weeks. As I mentioned, Tottenham's fixtures, quite kind going forward. Still top 10 in assists and chances created. Six assists, 34 chances created, despite getting off to a slow start. Dealt with injuries, dealt with Harry Kane, not knowing where the net was for a while. And while November was tough, it is a lot easier facing just three top 10 attacks before February, just four top 10 defenses. So when you look at, and I know, John, we've talked before about like what stat tells you the most. For midfielders, I love goal difference because it tells you both how their team is in attack and defense comparative to yours. And considering the Tottenham are in the top four of both uh, goals scored, and uh, goals allowed in terms of their fourth best and not letting other teams score. Man, I'm talking my way all around this. Um, I like Christian <laughs> Eriksen, and he's good and stuff. All right. <laughs> gotcha. So I'm, I'm just, to, just to clarify, the rampant Tottenham, Tottenham homer likes Christian Eriksen this weekend yeah. in their match against West Shocking. Yeah, right. tell, me, tell me about it. This is... I have to deal with this every week, John. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Every, uh, I like I like this guy from Tottenham. I mean, he's no Firmino, but he's okay. I see. So uh, I was I was gonna say. So I guess my only my only option is uh, quadrupling down on Roberto Firmino. Yep. Quintuple <laughs> captain. <laughs> to be fair, he looks like a footballer now. He does. Well, he looks like a healthy footballer mm. and one who is not utterly miserable uh, in the system that he's being played in. You know, it was. We even talked in the summer about how it wouldn't work out very well if they deputize him out to the wing. Mm-hmm. And then Rodgers was like, you know what we should do? <laughs> we should play him on the wing. Yeah, yeah I was talking to um, two other guys that, that we know pretty well that play in the, um, the Taga uh, EPL experts and, and did the ranking summit with us oh, this the summer. Guys? Mike Gotti and, uh, and Andrew Laird yeah, yeah. over at Rotowire. And uh, they, when uh, they were asking me, you know, where's Firmino going to play when everybody's healthy? And I was like, where he's supposed to play behind the forwards. I mean, when you consider the fact, you know, that realistically they have Sturridge and Benteke who they can stick out there and play in an old, you know, Fowler Owen, you get half the field, you get half the field, stay in your lane kind of system and just really have two out and out strikers, have Coutinho slot in behind them. And then, you know, they're, excuse me, have uh, Firmino slot in behind them and then have Coutinho slot in right behind Firmino. That's, that's incredible. Uh, and then there's no shortage of, of wing players in that team, be it Adam Milana or Jordan Ibe or, um, you know, any of, the other, any of the other midfielders that they'd like to slot in there. Mm. So I'm, uh, you know, obviously in, in the game that I usually play, Roberto Firmino's a forward. Um, but if I'm looking at a mid, and so rating him, rating him as a forward, I'll, I'll give you a legit midfielder. Um, and say that I actually like, uh, and, uh, looking at the, this West Ham Man United match, I like Ashley Young 
Mm. Um, I think he's going to get the start. I don't think that West Ham is really in a position to stop him um, defensively. I think they're still trying to figure themselves out. I do like um, some of the West Ham midfielders on value if you're playing in a draft format or if you're mm. playing in a money game. Yeah, I like Kuyate a lot. Yeah. Yep. If you get, especially if you get points for things that aren't just goals and assists. But uh, if you're playing in, in the salary cap league and the FPL official league, you know, um, and you have, uh, you have Ashley Young on your team, I'm putting him in uh, as my fourth midfielder. Rob? Oh, that was bold. I never would have guessed that he would have said he was going to say uh, Ashley Young. He actually, he actually breezed by who I was going to say. I'm going with Jordan Ibe. Uh, I see him developing in Klopp's system. I think he's getting more playing time, more comfortable in the system. He's got mm. two assists in the last four games. Uh, I may have to apologize at some point for calling him oh, shit Andros Townsend. Yeah, he's. <laughs> I think he's a. I think he's a fit in that system, and I think he sees yeah. more playing time going forward. Looked very he's, good yesterday. He showed very well midweek. Uh, I think he's going to. I think he's probably going to get a tally of some sort this week, whether it be an assist. I think it's going to be an assist. I'll go with an assist. John, what do you think? An assist or a goal? I think I think an assist is fair, but it well, might be one of those. Assist. It might be one of the a second assist. You know, you can That's, score that. Um, Opta does track second assist. Yeah, second. So assist. can we expect yeah. to see that from Taga next year? No. Hockey assists. Ah. <laughs> It'd be fun if we scored them as hockey assists. Can we do <laughs> dynasty with hockey assists? Dynasty with <laughs> hockey assists. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, defender saves. We could do. We could score defender saves. Yeah, um, let's do it. And then uh, twenty team keeper AL only. <laughs> AL only. <laughs> only teams. Who's... <laughs> who have the letters A and L in their name. Yeah, except no, because I can't own Arsenal players, which is an issue that I've both gotten Twitter hate mail and suffered in fantasy. I don't know if we've talked about this, John, um, but I'm in two Tottenham leagues where I'm not allowed to own Arsenal players and only mm. have one team. So my official expert team is awful because I didn't get to pick up Otso when he was cheap when I knew he'd be good or Bellerin. Uh, so yeah, this is just me moaning now, basically. No, oh, poor Kevin. Life's hard, guys. Yeah. And I then bet. you die. <laughs> but anyway, after that super uplifting note, we are quickly running out of time because we were supposed to already be done with start sits when we brought him on. So, um... Speed round, speed round. We'll go speed round. Kevin, who are you, who are you starting okay. defensively? No, no, no. Uh, defensively, there are so many freaking good matchups this year of good defenses versus awful attacks. Southampton are great. Man City are great against Stoke, who have the fewest goals scored in the Premier League this year. You gotta love Tottenham against West Brom, who only start Solomon Rondon because they're sitting Barahino and can't get $20 million for him despite Tottenham offering 26 in the summer. Uh, you know, I even like Liverpool against Newcastle. Uh, they're all fine. Watford against Norwich. There are so many good defensive matchups this week. I'm going to say Tottenham because I'm a homer, but I think City and uh, Southampton, their entire defenses are both worth having. John, go. Lightning round. I'm going to, I'm going to plug going to uh, Playtaga's blog, blog.playtaga.com, and looking at the top 40 FPL defenders. Um, hey, Mr. I did one Kevin of those. DeVries actually <laughs> did the rankings. His top five, uh, for anybody that is interested, is Alexander Kolarov, Nacho Monreal, uh, I can't find who he ranked third. So yeah, that's sometimes kind of that, when that orders, it's it's very strange. Yeah, it's, it's actually Bakary <laughs> Sanya. But, mm. uh, and then Virgil van Dijk and Hector Bellerin. Yep. And I think that goes oh. right to Kev's point, and I'll take it in Sweet. two seconds. Like, this is the tightest ranks we've ever seen. Uh, Todd Schenk and John Ray were the other uh, two experts that handed up ranks for defenders. And something like 31 out of the top 40 yeah. were ranked by all three experts. Like, there are a bunch of no-doubt matchups this weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a great week to pick defenders. You got yeah, uh, I'm going with the highest-scoring Chelsea fantasy player, period, in Kurt Zuma. Mm. How's that for a lightning round? 
short in depth. I don't plug another website. Okay. <laughs> uh, interesting. Josh King was just picked up in that league that we were talking about earlier, John. And it is an interesting one. I went Mauro Zarate ahead of him, but he, he could cause issues in theory. But the Chelsea defense looks much better. Perhaps having Courtois back, Ivanovic looking like an actual footballer, which is also nice. Yep. <laughs> and a uh, fr- friend of your program, I think Ben Dinnery, uh, just mm. replied to me on the Twitter and said that uh, Courtois looks like a lock to play, but Philip Coutinho is still a coin flip for the Liverpool match. Yeah, and you don't want to see that, especially since they have a Sunday match. If you're in yep. the official game, you're kind of screwed out of yeah, that yeah. choice this week. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Pimped is the word. It's not great. Um, for people I'm sitting this week, you know all those defenses I just mentioned? Sit all the strikers facing them. All right, John. Uh, who am I sitting this week? Uh, I'm probably in a salary cap game seeing if I can sit Philip Coutinho. Um, mm. I do own him in a couple. I, I don't trust that he's going to get uh, 60. He's going to get 59 minutes and, and uh, 50 seconds. Like we've seen uh, several oh, other players, Jesus. notably Virgil van Dyke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, Didn't Cedric do that as well? That's going to get a four page yeah. letter from uh, Steve. What's his name? Steve yeah. Goffrey. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's fuzzy warbles. That's uh, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's absolutely. And uh, that, that's why I am not playing Coutinho in uh, in a money league or in a salary cap league. Yeah. Uh, my, what are we doing? Defenders, midfielders? Attackers, any, forwards. Uh, forwards. Uh, I'm going with anybody who plays up top for Liverpool. You don't know who it's going to be. Uh, we don't all play in a last-minute league. So, Benteke. It's hard even, to call that going into Sunday. Yeah, I know. But get, And Sturridge, I know he played and he got some got some goals off his foot. He's not looking like, and either of them are looking like anything I want to trust in a fantasy forward. Mm. Uh, yeah, for midfield, uh, I think James McCarthy is super overhyped, and every time he scores, everybody thinks he's going to be great, and then he doesn't do it for another six weeks. Uh, I think Everton's midfield are quite good, despite how much I don't like Barkley. Kone looks the real deal now. I don't know why it's happened three years late, but sure. Uh, <laughs> Delefeu also looking great. Bainesy might be back in Everton's defense. Not huge on many Palace players this week. Zaha very rarely follows up a good performance with another one. I think that this is probably a week where I'm leading more Everton than Palace. McCarthy, a player I'm definitely out on this week. Yeah, I agree. John, who do you got? Uh, for? Midfield. Midfield. Oh, a player I'm not playing in midfield. I'm sorry. I gave you Coutinho last time. I'm thinking we were just picking one player. I wasn't Oh, that would have That's been a much way. better idea. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. Go, go with Coutinho anyway. <laughs> go with Coutinho again. I'll go with Coutinho, regardless of what position he is. If he's goalie eligible, I'm still sitting him. You know, you just can't <laughs> trust those hands. Yeah. But, uh, Definitely no. not a Golden Glove winner. That's for sure. No. I am going to sit uh, the uh, – the goalkeeper for the United States national team and uh, <laughs> Aston Villa, Mr. Brad Guzan. I don't think he makes enough saves to offset the fact that he's going to get five goals put past him. Oh, it's awful. Uh, it's and so I will bad. come back with a defender uh, when it's actually the proper time for defender. <laughs> nice. Eh, whatever. <laughs> you got Rob. Nice. Well, since we're racing through this, uh, Man City's got a lot of tools in the toolbox, and the one guy that Kevin just can't get rid of off his roster unless he did already, I got Torre. Yeah, I, I switched him for Silva last week. I, I took the I took the hit and everything. I just think Silva for 9-9 is an absolute oh, steal. Absolute and if bargain. you saw him midweek, it's, it really is astounding just from a pure footballing aspect. Yeah. He could He's, play blindfolded with earmuffs mm-hmm. and know where all other 20 players are on the pitch yeah. at any time. It's insane. Fa- from a fantasy perspective, Yaya Torre is going to get squeezed out of the Man City, you know, effectiveness he, he isn't going to get to charge as much forward yeah Silva's the only, the only thing he might take is maybe a, a penalty kick once and once and again but there's no mm. guarantee that that may even ha- actually happen yeah. uh but yeah yaya's gone from fantasy teams and he should be from yours yeah sterling is a city him. player i hate now but yeah yeah 
Uh, oh, real, real fun note on that too. Just in, just uh, another pro Silva note. But Ryan Shawcross is suspended this week. Ooh, oh snap! Right, bum, I mean, bum, bum, bum. they didn't. Did, I mean, well, I guess actually, let me let me ask: Did he did he appeal the suspension, or did he sit for? I don't know. Did he sit for the League Cup match, or did he take the suspension? I thought Ooh. he sat. I thought he sat. Oh, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I didn't double check that before this, so sorry. About I thought, that. I, yeah, I definitely think he sat because then okay. I thought I thought I saw a note that he was gonna he'll be eligible for this weekend's game. Okay. So. To be fair, I, I think uh, if if Aguero ends up being healthy, I think they're absolutely fine because there's nobody in that defense. <laughs> I know you're a huge Glenn Johnson fan as a Liverpool fan. Yeah, he definitely uh, <laughs> set, he definitely sat out. By the way. Okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't think if Aguero gets to start, I'm not as uh, pro City if Boney gets to start because I think he's the exactly kind of player that Stoke could hold up. But if Aguero got the start, I think he could just dice that that defense to shreds. Also, the Stoke midfield, surprisingly disappointing in terms of defensive ability. Um, so, yeah, I think City's all fine. Uh, for defenders that I'm super not all about this week, it's all the awful teams. This is not a this is not a week where you have, like, two good teams facing each other defensively. Yes. You have big teams against small teams. Or even if they're not big against small, they're good attacks versus bad defenses. So, yeah. I, and <laughs> who am I sitting? Uh... How about well, Billy Jones is suspended still. I think I don't know. <laughs> Sunderland defenders. I don't, whatever. We didn't say throw out the worst defender you could. <laughs> <laughs> Russell Martin, because while he's a decent catcher for the Blue Jays, he's an, an awful defender for Norwich. Oh, yo, did you guys see the Dan Heron tweet, the pitcher for the Arizona no, Diamondbacks and Cubs, asking, uh, saying, uh, showing the uh, the transaction where he sat Dan Heron. Oh. And the, the running back and asking if <laughs> oh, beautiful tweet. Oh, Dan Boone Heron has ever from Ohio State. <laughs> That's great. That's actually funny. I'm not sure we actually need to go through our defenders unless you guys have good ones, just because yeah, it's pretty clear cut. I'll, I'll just I'll just throw one out there. Spurs West Brom. I'm sitting one of my one of my faves. I'll sit Craig Dog. Yeah, not all about it. John, you said you do actually have a real defender, so I guess we'll do it anyway. Oh, uh, for a real defender, skip him. No, I, I am sitting all of the Sunderland defense. Oh, absolutely. Oh, come <laughs> on. Dude, well, have you noticed that Kabul is no, no, no. creeping I'm up in the play target away. numbers? I'm bringing that yeah. up because two two Sunderland defenders had a really good week last week. That's true. Um, oh, and Here we you know, go. Uh, I, I knew ben... DeAndre Yedlin was going to get mentioned. I no, knew. I think he's actually <laughs> talking about Patrick Van Anholt, but that's fine. So, but Patrick Van Anholt and DeAndre Yedlin, yeah. one had a goal, one had an assist, and I'm still not going anywhere near them against Arsenal. Yeah. By the way, I really like Duncan Watmore. If there were Dynasty Soccer Leagues, he's one to keep an eye on. Um, all right. Reminds me of a vanilla cookie. I don't know why. Okay. Sure. <laughs> he reminds me of like the long lost cousin of Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, now we can talk about what we actually invited you on to talk about. Which is, uh, who are we going to replace all of these injured Arsenal players with? There's injuries in defense, there's injuries in midfield, Alexis is hurt, depending on if he's a forward or midfielder in your formats. Who, who are you trying to get in to replace Sanchez or Cathorla or any of the other guys that are out during Arsenal's annual November injury-a-thon? Uh, Alexander, Mark, David, Oxlade, Chamberlain. Mm. Is uh is probably the first guy that I'm looking for in. Do you think any he ever wakes up and he's disappointed he doesn't have enough names? He maybe. He's like, listen, I would like it all on the back of my jersey. Yeah, it's just a circle around the number. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but do you uh, think that do you think the ox can stay healthy given the amount of time he's going to have to play now? Well, I mean, a I think that he's going to get he's going to get the time as long as he is healthy. He's 22 years old now. 
Um, he's either gonna he's either gonna play or he's not, right? I mean, I don't think this is a case where he's gonna be suffering some little uh, some little niggly injuries, and people are gonna be like, oh well, you know, we're gonna bring him on in the 77th minute or something like that. Um, I think that he's gonna get the starts at the outset. He's gonna go 65 to 80 minutes, and if I'm looking at him in a money game, like a you know a cash game, then I think he's gonna be a, a decent value buy. Um, and I think he's a good differential if you're playing in a salary cap league. And I think he's one that might still be available if you're playing in a, in a season long draft league. So I think that's where I'm starting. Um, after that, I'm looking at a lot of these guys that, um, have gotten a lot of really good pub in our format. Um, you know, guys like Mvilla, um, guys like, uh, Angola Conte, um, maybe even somebody like Virginia Wijnaldum, um, who can, who's shown he can go off, you know, in any given weekend. Um, and I'm probably looking at the returning Aaron Ramsey, uh, Emmett Ryan over on our site just wrote a really good post on, um, the difference between, uh, or the evaluating Nathan Redmond against, mm-hmm. um, Ali, um, Aaron Ramsey. Redmond, another great season. dynasty option. If that was a thing. Yep. Redmond would be a fantastic option. And honestly, if a week from now, Redmond starts getting those starts, like we all thought he was going to get, um, in the summer at the ranking summit, then Nathan Redmond's a great play too, because so many people in salary cap have given up on him because mm-hmm. he's just not getting the minutes. Yeah. Excellent yeah. points all, Rob. I'm bu- I'm buying into that Aaron Ramsey's going to be that guy from mm. the Arsenal midfield. My question actually, is, is he going to be in the wing or actually in midfield? I think he's going to be on the midfield, but I think it's going to take like a secondary recessed role behind. Mm. I think Otsel takes over right behind, uh, what do you call it, Giroud. And Ramsey sits in that, that recessed midfielder, not quite holding. but Oh, not and Bellerin. Uh, not yeah. Bellerin, uh, the other one. Kokolan. I forgot mm-hmm. he's hurt too. Stockland is out, so I think that they oh, go Arteta with like now, a, I guess. Uh, I think Arteta's out too. He's oh, Flamini, Flamini, and uh, there's, talk, there's, there's talk about uh, Callum Chambers moving up to uh, the midfield hey, as well. Hey, they probably should and have bought Kieran an outfield G- player. Kieran Gibbs is able. Yeah, Kieran Gibbs is actually there too. But from from a fantasy perspective, especially the the official game, uh, if somebody's looking for like a like a unowned long shot, Aaron Ramsey is the guy for me. Mm. Yeah, definitely a good shout. All right, and then uh, quickly as we prepare to wrap up, so sadly after we've heinously oh, rushed John. But, but wait, yeah. wait, we always have we always have one random question for a guest. Okay, when, yeah. When they yeah. come on, Kev. So it's not really a question, but th- th- we always like to go a little offbeat. You know, we do cookies and cakes and pies and whatever. Mm. So, so John, when you were growing up, everybody uh, everybody had a pet or a first pet or whatever. What was your first pet's name? Oh, my first pet was a uh, yellow lab named Brandy. And okay. no joke, it was because my parents had a bottle of brandy on the counter. I thought it was going to be in reference to the musical artist, but that's fine. I appreciate okay. that. I mean, given that I'm almost in my early 40s, that would be somewhat <laughs> That relevant. would be impressive. Um, so, and now we're, we're going to transfer that into stripper what was name? the street you grew up on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. I, I, grew up, uh, I grew up uh, sort of all over the place, but uh, the just first, probably the Donna. The street. Yeah. Oh, I don't know the first street that okay, I grew up the, on. Okay, the one that you remember, like your first act. Adana, yeah. Mm. So, so, you, so, what's your stripper name? Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Okay. Can I? Can I? Can I make a request that my stripper name be Gideon Zalalem? 
because I mean, a, yeah. that's that's a beautiful name. B, he might get recalled from Rangers because Arsenal are so injured. Yeah. So it would have like wonderful double value. By the way, Rangers are balling with their low knees because they also have Nathan Ottawa from Tottenham mm-hmm. who keeps getting hacked down because he's just skilling past everyone. Uh, for those wondering at home, my first pet was a fish named Spotter and no lie, grew up uh, parts in Delaware called Longwood Drive. So my stripper name would be Spotter Longwood. <laughs> And, and, and if anybody's curious, mine is, mine is probably just as good, and it's Chipper St. Charles. <laughs> that's, that's pretty fantastic. That's great. Also, I would like to ask my dad, who listens to the show, to confirm that, stripper, that uh, Spotter Longwood would indeed be my stripper name had I uh, been less good at everything, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a really awful thing to say. Yeah. All right. Um, so anyway, we will quickly move on from uh, the scheduled mandated nonsense to our captain picks of the week. Uh, we tend to stick to our teams, but if there's a uh, – nah, let's just stick to our teams. Who's your captain this week, John? You guys got to give me one second because I just froze while I was trying to pull it up. Yeah, whatever. Okay. So All right, we'll go, we'll go to for me, I'm sticking with Igalo. He absolutely yeah. balled for me last week. I would love Silva more if Aguero was back. But Igalo up against Norwich again. Then Sunderland. Ah. I love me some Igalo. I know everybody wants me to upgrade to Lukaku or Kane because they're all popular or whatever. But Igalo is a bouse. And when he's not scoring, he's assisting. And when he's not assisting, he's scoring because he only does one of the two pretty much every match. So I am all about Igalo this week against Norwich in my team. Who do you got, Rob? Uh, I'm torn between three options. I got Ozil, Kane, or Igalo. I'm probably leaning towards Kane or Igalo only because I like captaining a forward only because the 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 pensy for him to score goals is better and the the point turnaround is more significant in their Mm -hmm. favor so between those two i'll probably flip a coin when it right before saturday's kickoffs and probably it's probably looking like harry kane to be honest i um i love my team i want to use this ridiculous bench boost thing Dude, I have. I'm. I'm I, I'll send you guys an email off and just send to send you my team. But my team is ridiculous for this week. I captained Troy Deeney last week. He's home against Norwich. I actually don't have a problem handing Troy Deeney the captain's armband. True again. or false? They're like the best duo in the Premiership right now in the same position because Vardy Mars are fine, but now they're going to face a whole lot of awful teams. Or I'm speaking love, by awful, I love like, bad matchups. But Deeney and Agallo is a pretty decent. Like you could own both of them and not have to feel bad. Yeah, it's like it's like a healthy man's Benteki and Sturridge. Yeah. <laughs> right, a relevant man's. Nah, it's, it's this. It's, the, it's this year's version of Sturridge and Sanchez. Hmm. They were on different teams though. Or whatever. Do you mean Sturridge and well, Suarez? Suarez? Sorry, what did I say? Sanchez. Suarez? Yeah. Sorry. My eh, bad. Whatever. This is okay. this is the top notch quality you get over here. That's all good. Listen, I am I yeah. I would be, any of my three forwards right now, Troy Deeney, Romelu Lukaku, Olivier Giroud. Yeah, I like I like Giroud home against Sunderland. Mm. I mean, I'm gonna look at his ownership percentage real quick here and just see where he's coming in. Nine point eight percent owned. I don't see any reason not to hand him the armband. Yeah. He's scored one, two, three, four goals in his last six. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's on. He's gonna be yeah. just fine. The You're not worried I, at all about the kind of the injuries surrounding them though that we just mentioned? You, no, you think Otsol can mean, just kind of carry that attack? Yeah, I mean, the, the injuries that he has aren't really... I mean, they're not great, right? Let's not say that they're Losing not. Losing Alexis Sanchez is huge. Yeah, it's, but... It's but not huge the, in that Sanchez cannibalizes Giroud's points. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, from, yeah. but like, from an opposite opposite standpoint of that is there's there's less people to take away points from the players that are there. So that's absolutely. why I think I think that the, the, the people that are jumping on the Otsol or the Giroud bandwagon are awesome because... 
with with the less fantasy points to go around, I think they optimize the, the value of themselves. Yep, oh. I completely agree. How about one for Kev? How about uh, handing Eric Dyer the armband? Ooh. He's playing in the midfield. He's going to have that beautiful thing against Albion. He's not going to have anybody marking him coming yeah. through. They have nobody in that yeah. midfield to I mark will him say, effectively. It's true, but I will say uh, I'm a little bit off of Dyer at the moment, which is unfortunate because I traded Surge to him. To you for him. Yeah. <laughs> but I did pick up Joel Ward back up off the bench, so I basically just traded you uh, straight up Studge for Dyer and... and uh, Wait, who was the other person? Oh, and Bojan, Bojan, Bojan. Yeah, I did say you Bojan. <laughs> yeah, Bojangles. Um, but uh, the issue with Eric Dyer now is, and I'm surprised this isn't covered anywhere except on the EPL Roundtable, which you can find at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. But um, Tottenham are playing a 4-3-3 now. You can call it as much of a 4-2-3-1 as you want. But if you think that Dyer, Dembele, and Ali are all playing at the same level on the pitch, you're fooling yourself. It is clearly Dyer holding with Dembele and Ali attacking. And so Dyer isn't getting forward as much as he was early in the season because we already have Della Ali, Dembele, Lamela, Erickson, and Kane as the ones going forward. So he still gets you those midfield points as a defender, which is still valuable. But that's why I've kind of shifted a little bit more to Rose uh, in terms of the defensive options at Tottenham because he gets those chances created and those assists that often bring you so many points in all formats. So, but Dyer's a boss. Don't, yeah, get, it, don't get it twisted. And his forehead is 20% Cro-Magnon, and it's great. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. So, so, John, thanks for coming by. Where, where yeah, guys. Where can people find you at? Uh, you can find me at Fantasy Gaffer on Twitter. You can find me uh, at Playtaga doing some ranks, writing some wire stuff. You can find me on your podcast whenever I'm invited. And uh, that's about it for right now. I mean, you might yeah. find me doing Kickabout on a Sunday, but, you know, those. Uh, but but your Kickabouts have changed location now. Yeah, they have. I. Uh, I am no longer New York City, so you're going to have to come up to the uh, the snowy tundra of New England if you want to find me. New okay, England. but do I have to hate the Patriots any less? Uh, well, it was Patriots Schadenfreude Day uh, this past week. It was. It was as, pretty as made, great. As made popular by uh, the former kissing Susie Colbert. So uh, <laughs> everybody got to revel in their one loss, and now yeah. we can all move on and just give them another title and then get back to a real sport. They don't have yeah. any oh, – they're Arsenal. They have no players that are fit. Like Adam. Yeah, I mean, if, if Arsenal won stuff. <laughs> Whoa, that was a burn that I loved. I thought I would hate it because it's pro-Patriots, but it's even better because it's anti-Arsenal. Goodbye. We appreciate all of your exits out of the app as you listen to this. Oh, Arsenal fans, I apologize. Although you probably should have known what you were getting into with a Liverpool, Tottenham, and Chelsea fan on today's show. Rob, where can the peeps find you at, though? Uh, they can always find me at soccer.rasball.com, on Twitter at Smokey underscore Lugie, that's L-O-O-G-Y, or I'm always here in the cave we call the FPL Roundtable. And, Kev, what about you? Yeah, I am on Twitter at Kevroff. I do fantasy ramblings over at blog.playtaga.com and theeaglesbeak.com and host the EPL Roundtable, which is up Fridays and Mondays. Apologies to you for getting this a day late. Skype is evil and the bane of my existence, uh, but we figured it out, and we're so glad that we were able to get John back on today to get this done for you, and we hope you all have a fantastic Match Week 15, so be sure to come back next Thursday morning, assuming that Skype doesn't cause more problems, more drinks, <laughs> more fantasy advice, and uh, feel free to blame me on Twitter if you'd like. Peace!